0: Okay, like our homes need foundation and structure, so do our relationships. May that be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, financially, or physically. I hope you leave with some foundation and or structure to help you move forward. I'm your host, Thomas Hopes, and we are The Inquirer Mind. I have a great guest today, all the way from California, Miss Kennedy. How you doing, ma'am?
1: I'm doing great, how are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I um had to bring you on because it was just such a pleasure meeting you um on my vacation and trip. It's uh always a pleasure coming across new people who it almost feels like you've known forever.
1: Yeah, so absolutely.
0: When 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 I heard you really tell a few jokes, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I love this person. I was like, there were like some jokes that was kind (laughs) of on the edge. and Because I'm from Texas, and so we're really big on Southern hospitality and being kind of curt and nice and stuff. But I've never really been like that. <laughs> I've been like <laughs> I've been somebody who's just open relaxed you know, like I may appear relaxed, but I like dark humor. I like yeah, you know, yeah. contra- I like controversial topics and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And so when when I just heard your like your your sense of humor, I was like, oh my god, I gotta get to know this one. She <laughs> is so <Hell> amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So tell us a little bit um about you, where you're where you're raised and um what your business is.
1: Awesome, yeah. So I grew up well, I was born in Wisconsin, then um my dad was transferred to Minnesota, so then I was mainly raised there. Um Minnesota's pretty interesting. Um, you'll run into quite a few, like I kind of told you, um, more conservative Republicans. Um, so they're not as, you know, welcoming, inviting, um, didn't really feel like I could truly be myself unless like I was with my dance group in the studio. Um, they just were all so relaxed and happy, joking, loving, and, um, still to this day, one of my like most favorite places I've ever probably been, honestly. I mean, even though I was so quiet growing up, um, But I was just very, uh, yeah, kind of pushed down and uh, told to be quiet and, you know, hold my tongue. Um, So then when I moved out here to San Francisco uh, last year, it's just like amazing. I feel like this place is really my home and people here are so welcoming and inviting. And as long as you're yourself, that's all anyone cares about here. So it's just it's, it's an amazing environment change for me. Um, but, um, what I also do is I've, uh, been in healthcare for a little bit here, but obviously I love dance. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm also a dance instructor in the Bay Area as well as a contemporary dancer. <clears throat> so I contemporary dance with a dance group out here called Condanza. It's amazing. Um, we mainly practice on East Bay, um, but mm-hmm. we are actually set. What's that called again? Condanza. Okay. Yeah. C-O-N-D-A-N-Z-A. Oh, um, and we're, to,
0: we're, um, you drop that for me. So I can information for us as well. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, and then we were also set to perform at Grace Cathedral in April. But as we all know, that didn't happen because everything closed down in March mm-hmm. um, due to COVID. Um, and then, yeah, we also sometimes go down and uh, perform, I guess, in like the Monterey area, which would be beautiful as well because I love going down there. I was just down in Carmel yesterday, actually. Um, yeah. Beautiful side of uh, kind of the Bay Area, even though it's a little bit southwest. west. But very beautiful. So many. Beautiful um, and then, yeah, spots I'm also in a the uh, laboratory. <laughs> so I work at a laboratory in called the
0: state.
1: Tech What?
0: I was saying so many beautiful spots in your state.
1: Oh, there's honestly too many beautiful places in California. Like the Bay Area is just like a start. And you obviously saw San Diego. You, yeah. You're going to be mind blown when you come up to SF. It's amazing up here. Just the
0: beginning mm-hmm. of it. And so it is it's, just
1: the beginning <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and so you also were mentioning that you were balancing out not only um your your dance and creative life but also working in the healthcare field
1: mm-hmm. absolutely yes i work for a company called exact sciences um i mainly work in my office um, on lots of case studies and orders um but will soon be in the lab again uh, working on sample team um it's been really fun getting back into healthcare because I just came from an acute care lab in Minnesota before I moved out here, mm-hmm. um, but absolutely love it. I'm going to finish nursing school out here. I just have one year left, um, and that's because I don't want to do the extra California certification year because um, I don't want to waste more money on schooling. So,
0: yeah. I we <laughs> to talk care. a little bit about
1: that yeah (laughs) so still waiting on that because I'm on a wait list but um yeah other than that just living my life enjoying the perfect balance of healthcare and dance still
0: (laughs) and and so that that makes me think about one of the questions um that uh I wrote down and I feel like do you feel like your mind has a passion your mind has your passion for medicine and then your your heart like has your passion for dance or is is maybe would you say it differently or I think that's a
1: it? Yeah, that's a good um that's a good thought on it. I think that my heart is actually torn between both and my mind is torn between both as well. I think that I have such a passion and knowledge and understanding of dance as well as healthcare mm-hmm. that I just I, I I adore, I, I know that my favorite part of healthcare is truly caring for my patients and doing procedures on and with them, um, because it's, it's so invasive. And I've always been told I'm just a, like a very naturally inviting person, which yes, I do agree with. I am obviously yes, uh, a real optimist. Um, But I also very much so care for people and their health. So when I see someone who has anything going on, it could be like a paper cut, it could be as bad as like a broken bone. I do what I can to help them. Um, And I I just go there like right into like medical mode in the process. But it's like good um, warming medical mode that I have. It's not a okay, well, we're going to do this and do that. No, it's a how are you feeling? Let's talk through this first so that they understand like your side of things. And that usually calms down the patient so much more um, so that you can have a better patient experience. It's not about my experience of helping the patient get through it in like the most efficient way. Cause yeah, that'd be great. But the patient also has to work with you in order to heal their body as well. And I think that um, some people I have come across in healthcare are, are not like that. But I would definitely say at least eighty percent of the people I've met in healthcare to this day are a lot like me on that. So I'm really thankful to see that in healthcare. Whereas I think at least thirty years ago, my mom was saying it used to not be like that. People weren't thinking that it's partially the patient, then partially the doctor that works to heal the patient. It it, it's, it absolutely is, and um, I think that it's that's important here. Up until yeah, up until recently. I would say about fifteen years ago that started to change, which is good. And I think that came into play when um more Eastern medicine came into play in healthcare, honestly. Um I absolutely adore Eastern medicine. I'm more so into holistic health and um functional yes. medicine. But uh right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's going much better in healthcare so far to this day, and I'm very happy to be part of that movement.
0: Um, and so you make me think of uh, what you just mentioned about your, your love for Eastern medicine and okay. holistic uh, as an alternative. So it brings me to to one of the segments that, that I like to, to share with people. And it's the I wish segment. And so mm-hmm. tell me something that you wish that um, you could bring um, to the forefront with, uh, I guess, maybe the holistic medicine and healing in the Western world or society.
1: Uh, I wish that we could um, reduce the amount of pain that our patients feel with inflammation in general. I feel like a lot of uh, big pharma drugs cause far too many side effects that can potentially be fatal too. Um, So I think that Eastern medicine has a lot of great knowledge in that particular part of this area of uh, healthcare. I think that it would be amazing if we could figure out a way to combine um, Eastern medicine with big pharma and somehow make um, a better anti-inflammatory drug out there because I know that there's a lot that goes into Eastern medicine. There's a lot that goes into big pharma, but if they could meet in the middle, I feel like we could um, yeah. kind of transform healthcare in that sense. So that's a big, I wish. I know that it, it might not happen, but it's a great I wish (laughs) for healthcare. I think that we could meet in the middle and somehow reduce the side effects of big pharma, but also have it as strong as some big pharma drugs to create a really good anti-inflammatory response in the body.
0: I like that. I like that. I I mean, I I like that answer specifically because my mother suffers dramatically from inflammation Mm -hmm. um, and just trying to find different ways to help accommodate that or, or alleviate that is yeah. just a challenge. Um, she's had two, two spinal surgeries, and <clears throat> one was um, after the most recent one, she had a fall. And so after the fall, she basically messed up the most recent spinal surgery
1: oh, and no. started having
0: like inflammation, flame, and, and, and numbness through her yeah. leg. And so it's, it's been somewhere she visits the doctors, but it's, it's not anything that's been able, been able to pinpoint. You know certain, certain medicines but they don't do anything it's just like she's taking the medicine
1: i know i know, you know and, what I mean? and in healthcare it really does feel like they're just putting a band-aid on what you have instead of actually curing sometimes, you which sometimes. and that's and that's yeah that happens quite often just because you there's no cure like yeah. autoimmunity for me there's no cure for my autoimmune disease but they're going to keep trying and in the meantime they're going to put a band-aid on it so mm-hmm. it it does suck but I do feel like eventually we'll figure out the, the heart of these really tough diseases and start to actually cure people. It's just gonna take some time.
0: I feel that. And I mean, the inflammation, I, I like that because sometimes you have control over it. Um, like, I, I'm, big on, I'm big on what you eat. Um, mm-hmm. You are what you eat, and you are what you drink. And so if you could manage to cut out certain things um, mm-hmm. that actually contribute to inflammation, um, yeah. I feel like that's always a good start. It may I'm not sure. be the the perfect alternative um, or the most um, desirable one, but somehow you end up kind of seeing some results in some way. What, I mean, what do you think about that?
1: Absolutely. Um, I actually uh, was put on an anti-inflammatory diet back in 2015, and it changed my life. It really has um, going dairy-free, eating less meat, more veggies, um, going to a very basic um, almost paleo diet, but literally no um, animal products at all. So I was just having like fruits and vegetables, nuts, um, legumes, but that was pretty much it um, in my diet for two weeks straight. And it really did start to reset uh, my cellular growth. And it it, um, it made me less inflamed, obviously, but it also made me feel like I've not been this healthy in years. And that was back in 2015. It's not 2020. <laughs> I'm much older now. And uh, still fairly going strong. I mean, I I just had a, my first flare up actually last week, but before that it had been gone for a year and a half, um, and I'm guessing it's all the uh drinking we've been doing and partying during COVID, <laughs> 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 um, and obviously the stress. So that doesn't help your inflammation levels either. But besides all of that, I like to think that it is uh, related to that. So um, cutting back again, I'm feeling much better this weekend now that I've cut out quite a few things this week, and yeah, just living life and. Uh, Trying to enjoy as much mental health as I can during this pandemic, you know, as we all are trying to do.
0: <laughs> and so, wh- were you diagnosed with something in 2015 that led yeah, to? Yeah, um,
1: I-, I was. They-, they can't exactly pinpoint it that it's lupus, but my mom w- has been diagnosed since she was actually pregnant with me. So, mm-hmm. they suspect that it's lupus. It's just that it's very hard to test positive for that um, antigen test for lupus. Um, And most people who do test positive are actually negative and vice versa. So um, Mm -hmm. since I do actually have the butterfly rash on my cheeks when I have a flare-up, just like my mom, they pretty much can say I have lupus, but I still get to test positive for the antigen test, so.
0: It's just still so early on, though, and, and maybe like yeah. minute, minute symptoms or whatever. Absolutely, yeah. my mom was 20, twenty-eight symptoms.
1: when she was diagnosed, and I'm twenty-five, so it'll be a little bit, I think.
0: Okay, got you, got you. Well, that's that's good. They um have you know monitored it up close, and it's a mm-hmm. great thing that we've come so far with medicines, and you know yourself with being passionate about other forms of medicine and healing mm-hmm. as well. You know, what is the other forms of medicine and healing done done for you besides what the healthcare field did for you?
1: So you're asking what other forms of health have come to me besides healthcare?
0: Um, I guess healing. I should what other forms of healing has yeah. come to you? Mm-hmm.
1: Um uh, I know other you mentioned
0: ways- how stress has helped you from yeah. the reduction of yeah. stress.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh a lot of ways that I reduce stress is usually through dance <laughs> or yoga. Um, meditation obviously we're here meditating at sunset amazing that's the best time to do it or sunrise um other than that yeah I like to um obviously take days for myself which granted I haven't done in the last few weeks because I've been with my friends quite often um but also it's very important to have your own community out here which I've actually realized this week, I do feel like um, something really important that I learned this week about myself too is that i I do know and recognize that a lot of aggression stems from fear, um, and this week, I just feel like i 'm uh less aggressive which i 'm usually like i i 'm a scorpio i 'm a fire <laughs> <Yeah>. fireball <laughs> um, even though i 'm a water sign <laughs> so i 'm a fireball, and I really like go hard and get stuff done, but in the end like this week I just I haven't felt that fiery I felt more calm but still like getting things done and it's just a different um just a different outlook I guess on life that I've had this week because I'm not so aggressive and like always feeling this like um boiling in my blood like oh I'm gonna do this and do that it's uh calm and, you know, placid feeling and feel like I have just like water flowing through me and just kind of like flowing through life this week. Um, And I think that's because I I have such a great base uh, of friends and community out here that I finally feel surrounded by love and care and not fear. Whereas I had quite a bit of fear in Minnesota. So now that I'm out here and I've kind of relaxed into this life out here for the last year, I think that's partly what this is. I'm going with the flow and just really feeling an amazing sense of community and love out here.
0: Your spirit um, and um, energy um, and emotions don't feel so knotted up in sure. California as mm-hmm. it did back back home. Absolutely, um, I, I totally agree with that. That fear, um, kind of provoking anger. Uh, mm-hmm. It's I, I can relate to the whole Scorpio thing. My my birthday's November sixteenth.
1: Yes, yours, did yours, yours, is,
0: yeah, there you go. yours is mine. Yeah, yours is Scorpio. and so. Um, No, yours is 18. And (laughs) so when I think about solving problems, like I don't like the idea of not having an answer to a problem. Mm -hmm. And so if I don't have the answer to a problem, I kind of get obsessed. Um, And that's okay sometimes when I'm solving it for myself, but when other people get involved and they're a part of the problem and I can't figure it out, I almost feel so much fear that I'm wrong or I'm going to do wrong or worse or fail at that, mm-hmm. that it provokes anger out of me. I've, I've just seen it. And, and that's a part of what my healing is, is being right now, just finding alternative ways to allow that energy to be present, but flow through me. Absolutely. You know? and, and that's Beautiful. what Cali- California helped do for me. The water, water is always my retreat, but mm-hmm. Our Texas beaches are nothing like that California beach that that I experienced, and and the energy and the community, the people that I was around was Mm -hmm. it was so it was like a release, but it was Mm -hmm. rejuvenating at the same time to be around all of y'all.
1: Absolutely,
0: absolutely. I I could feel that. I could feel that. I like that. Um, why do you so yoga? Um, having the right community around you than dance, yeah. those are a few of the al- almost like alternative healings that get you do to feel healthier, happier, would you say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would say that for sure.
0: That makes me think about the, um, the question about what does dance, love, and war have in common? Uh, and I guess in, in this sense, we'll, we'll use war as rage and anger. What
1: mm-hmm. do you feel like
0: dance, uh, love, and war have in common?
1: I would definitely say that, yeah, war is definitely uh, aggression and anger, and, which stems from many things, um, which I do believe you can have quite a bit of anger in your dancing, as well as anger in love, or even frustration. I would say that's even better term for that. Um, which uh, war definitely has frustration in common. Obviously Um, there's conflict going on and then people just start killing each other. (laughs) So um, I would guess frustration is actually the best one that I would say they all have in common. Um, You have a lot of conflict and frustration in dance, especially with a partner dancing. And it's not about like the behind the scenes frustration. It's literally what you're portraying with this movement. So maybe you're feeling frustrated about something and you turn mm-hmm. on to help you through it. And so you're dancing with that frustration and uh, confliction and force um, upon yourself and whatever is around you, whether that is a partner or you're just on your own. Um, and then, of course, in love, um, there, there comes many places in time when you're frustrated with your partner or partners. Um, and it's just it, it's very conflicting for everyone. And you have these spouts of uh, anger, spouts of, spouts of um frustration spouts of sadness um, deep pain um, and then of course that happens all throughout war as well uh, whether you're a part of the war or you're a citizen on the sidelines you know in the war you, everyone does have a certain sense of feelings about that conflict that's currently happening in the world
0: it, it echoes out
1: mm-hmm.
0: I like that I like that um, so you know between love dance and war uh I, I kinda think of the languages of love and and how people communicate um their love. And you know, when I went out to to San Diego, um I for the first time been in a drum circle. Something mm-hmm. that I even never we'd have them often here in Austin and I just never participated here. Yeah. But it was something that was like I said, it was something about the community um, uh-huh. being right next to the water, and not yeah. just a lake. We have a lot of lakes and, and lakes here, but
1: uh-huh. being
0: next to the water, the ocean. Yes, that that was something more invigorating for me.
1: Absolutely. And
0: so with those different languages, I I found that I expressed myself so much, um, dancing that Mm -hmm. so so many people thought I did it on a regular. And I was like, no, this is just literally me trying to get out a lot of frustration.
1: Absolutely, I'm unhappy
0: inside, and Mm
1: -hmm. this is like
0: the perfect environment for me to to break out of. You know, COVID has stopped a lot of us from even being able to dance. And some of the places, uh, it says it's frowned upon, so you're not Mm -hmm. even dancing if you have the chance to. And so it was just a great relief to have people to touch and laugh with and spend quality time with and and share that dance so what about you with um languages um obviously um dance is a type of language for you what would you say your your love languages would be
1: yeah my uh first and foremost love language is always physical touch that's always Mm -hmm. been my uh my thing i just feel like Not only do I believe in healing touch, but I do feel like touching other people and connecting with them on that level of um, intimacy to an Mm -hmm. extent. It could be my friend, it could be my uh, boyfriend, it could be my partner, Um, but just physically touching someone is uh, a very different way to show your love to them. Um, I know that people have a lot of words of affirmation or um, they also are gift givers, I I do love giving gifts. That's my second love language. But my first and foremost one is always physical touch. There's something different that you have inside of yourself that can be transferred to another person through touch. And I think that that's so amazing. It's always resonated so deeply with me. That is my most, that is always going to be, I think, my first and foremost love language.
0: I I can, I can see that with you. And And when I met you and when I met many other people that were there with us, you know, uh, it seemed like a lot of our love language was physical. So I was like, we were all comfortable with being huggers and and, and physical with one one another. And we were like perfect strangers, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So it's, I always love to feel at home in a place where I am a stranger. And so that was one of the things that that communicated like, you can embrace these people, and this is this may be a different stage in your life right now. These aren't just passed through people in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? so I
0: could I could see how um, physical touch is a, is a huge one. You know, we were very friendly and close in the pit. You know, mm-hmm. we had a great time in the pit. You know, being all close together, one another, and it was it was it was it was magic. But yeah. most of all, why do you think people fail? to recognize their love languages? Or and, or better, more so, how do you think they fail to recognize their love languages and how to communicate it?
1: Well, when I first learned about love language, I, w- I want to say it was maybe four or five years ago. And that was because someone brought it to my attention in one of my um, medical classes, I think, actually, back in college in Minnesota. If someone hadn't brought that up to me, I probably wouldn't have learned about until I moved out here because a lot of people talk about a love language out here. Um, But you have the concept of love and you have the concept of how you express it, but you don't actually have the idea or knowledge of that. Someone has created love languages and everyone has their own spurts of them. And everyone has this main one that they hold on to so dearly. Um, And that's really important when it comes to relationships. So it does, It does concern me that a lot of people don't know this, especially uh, with a lot of people that I know that have already gotten married at this point in our lives that I grew up with. And they might not even know that there's a concept of love languages and how you can truly show your partner how you love and care for them. And then also know your partner and how they show their love and care for you in turn. Because a lot of people perceive and love in the way that they personally feel. So since we're all so different, you don't already have that pre-conceived knowledge of your partner and their love going to be different than your love that's going to cause a lot of conflict as well and frustration so that just opens um, a new hole for things to go into in your relationship or relationships in general because you don't have that pre-conceived idea that oh this person loves differently than me so I can't assume that they're gonna love me in this way. And when they don't, I shouldn't feel frustrated. I should understand they feel a different way because they love in a different way.
0: I like that, beautiful, beautiful. And I mean, while, while we're at it, I'm just gonna run down a quickly the, the five different love languages for the audience. Um, we have acts of service, words of affirmation, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Um, me being a, a Scorpio, I I wouldn't even just say a Scorpio. Me being me, I like quality <laughs> time and physical touch. Yeah, Those yeah. are two very important things to me. And the physical touch doesn't always have to be intimate. Um, physical touch is really fun to me when we could do something as silly as play tag. You know, yeah. like, I, I just I, I like the the playfulness in mm-hmm. physical touch um, as much as the, the intimate part of it as well. And I think our society, um, in Western society, um, I feel like uh, um, Eastern society is a lot more advanced um, internally and knowing themselves um, sexually and mm-hmm. um, as individuals, and, and like I said, internally more than their, their persona of themselves. I feel mm-hmm. like in the Western society, we, we interact a lot with the persona of ourselves and we we think other people's um, languages are what the persona is perceiving, you know. And and I, a better way, I guess, to use a persona is, you know, my my job is not my personality. You know, I I, I do customer service, but. I'm passionate about dark humor and comedy and getting on your ass, you know? <laughs> you know, like, I, I love to service people, but I also am, am thinking of many things oftentimes when I'm servicing people because it's just um, a a style of connecting. My, my The way I connect with people is through comedy and through laughter. And so I guess that might kind of reflect more so on the the quality time. When I spend quality time with people, I feel like that's a a way for me to build rapport with them.
1: I Um, completely agree with you on that. Yes, yes.
0: um, How do you think people can reflect on themselves more and identify what their type of love language is?
1: Um, I think a good place to start for people to reflect on themselves is to... um, Go somewhere first that they feel the most comfortable and open, um, whether that be their room. A lot of people, especially being a former huge introvert, now I consider myself a social introvert, um, go somewhere that you feel deeply safe and where you can open up. After you go there, that's when I think that you can do the best um, personal inward thinking that you can possibly do, whether that's like... um, whether it's pre-planned or you're already there in your room and you're looking at your ceiling in the middle of COVID, like thinking about these <laughs> thoughts. Um, I know we've all done that <laughs> in the middle of this pandemic. Yes. Um, I think that that's probably the best start that they can uh, do. Um, after that, I really would like uh, people to just kind of feel this sense of peace and calm throughout their body before they question anything about themselves, because I want people to be very careful when they question themselves. I, I questioned a lot about myself this week, earlier this week, too. And when you get to those points, it's very easy to panic. It's very easy to feel like you don't know who you are anymore. It's very easy to feel... Um, your id go away and your ego death it's it's very concerning to me that people can have that happen so you really do need a nurturing environment whether that be by yourself with someone you really trust or maybe a few people that you really trust i know a lot of people do well in small groups compared to large or by yourself um so whatever is the best environment for you to start thinking about these thoughts not even questioning but thinking about these thoughts and just trying to grow more it's not like a oh i have thought this way my whole life but i'm actually this way it's no it's it's you're learning you're you're growing you're blooming you're also glowing, um and you're just learning about yourself it's not a oh i've been living like this and now i'm all of a sudden like this so now i have to question my existence it's no you're growing you're learning and you're always going to be so enjoy because this this is part of life
0: i like that i like that um you make me think of uh uh, goddess in, in Every, I mean, God's in Every Man, mm-hmm. um, a book by Gene Bolin that, that I just, I like to constantly refer to. And it's, it's them taking the um, different Greek and um, goddess and goddess, gods and goddesses, and taking their archetypes and the ideologies of them and mm-hmm. making them emotions and attitudes and behaviors and feelings and thoughts within us metaphorically so we could relate. And so one of the ones um, that I like to think of is Aries because he's the he's the god of of dance, mm-hmm. um, not only war. He's known a lot for his war, but he's the god of dance, and it's because of his connection to his body. Yeah. Um, but his connection to his body is also what um, at times makes him suffer in this society because he he fails to use he fails to use much mentality with what he chooses to do with his body
1: Mm -hmm. because he's
0: oftentimes just going with the flow. But I love how the book talks about how you can transition, like you're never just one emotion or energy, but that ego, that ego will hold you accountable for that one emotion or that one energy and make you believe that that energy or emotion is you and only you, and you're not supposed to be anything outside of that. Yep. Do, do you ever feel like you witnessed that or experienced that? And, oh, and that's what you have to let go of?
1: Yeah, yeah, which is very good and very healing for the body. So I'm very glad mm-hmm. that we have that conflict that constantly happens inside of us, especially when we're growing, um, yes. because that will help give us that base And that brings up um, something that I've been told that I naturally do with people is when I'm talking to them about anything to do with this person that I'm talking to, Mm
0: -hmm. I can
1: bring up and pull something that they might particularly need or even need to work on. Um, And sometimes they know it consciously, or maybe it's just subconscious and they haven't really recognized it but kind of felt it. Um, And then we can work through it because I can pull that and bring it up to the surface. And then they can think, oh, this is what's been holding me back. This is something that I've been wanting to work on. And um, I'm, I'm really good with, uh, uh, of being in healthcare. I'm really good at creating like a care plan for them then. Of, okay, this is a great first step to do then. And it's, it's all about baby steps. As long as you're moving forward, you're moving forward. It doesn't have to be a huge gigantic five foot step. It can be literally just a little eh, nudge forward. Um, and I think that can be very healthy and healing to anyone out there. Um, as long as they have that, like, passion to truly bloom and grow, they're going to bloom and grow.
0: I like that. I like that. Um, I mean, that brings me to my, our next section, um, which is I could never, and in I could never. I just want you to fill in a blank in um, the question, and what the question is, is what is it that you could never blank in a relationship?
1: Great question. <laughs> I could never, I think I could never knowingly hurt someone in a relationship. I think that I do strive to um, not just obviously better and bloom and grow myself, but to strive to bloom and grow the other people that I'm with, whether it's in a relationship or a friendship or a partnership. Um, So when I'm, um, when I'm with someone, I really strive to do my best to help them and not hurt them. Um I know that since we 're so young, it is very difficult in my opinion for us to truly build a serious relationship or partnership with someone solely because we 're blooming and growing, and there are going to be times when we 're hurt and My mom said this brilliantly one day, as you know she 's a psychologist um, she said, Hurt people, hurt people and i, I can't i can 't stop thinking about that um, whenever these topics come up because it it 's okay. so damningly true hurt people do hurt people so knowing that we're all in our 20s and 30s blooming and growing and learning there's going to be many times when we're hurt and there's far too many chances that we're going to then hurt other people in turn just based on what hurt we're going through it could be anything i i know i've had relationships where they projected on me and it's been pretty hurtful i've had people gaslight with me um and that those are pretty damaging to relationships in general. And it's not just obviously men, it's women too. I've seen this go down on both ends Um, or even in polyamorous relationships too and that can get very messy. So it's just, it's very hard, I think, just for even, I mean, our generation, but young people in general to really have a strong, uh, very healthy, I should say, relationship and friendship and partnership with other people because we're going to have these hurt days and we're going to have these times when we're so low and so down and simply having someone there can be very helpful but we can also hurt them very deeply based on what we say in the moment or um, say in the middle of like this really huge internal fight that we have inside of ourselves Um, so I think that it's really hard for us to have these deep meaningful relationships and partnerships right now um, which is why I'm kind of trying even myself to keep myself kind of at an arm's length with people just because I don't want to hurt them when I'm hurt myself so there's going to be many days, kind of like what we are talking about, where we just don't message people back. We don't look at our eye messages at all. We need that time just for ourselves to go through that pain, go through that sadness, and come out the other side stronger and respond to people and be there for people when we finally have the time to again. Because if we're, we try to respond to those people, who are whether we're making plans or they need help or I need help, what have you, it's usually better if you just take, your, take a moment, take a breath, there for yourself go through that because you don't want to push it away either you want to go through it and understand it better so you can go at the other side and even come out stronger and then you can go back and be with people and really love your community and it's a whole beautiful circle and i i I do wish that we didn't have hurt and pain and um Mm lots of frustration in the world, but I do find a huge beauty in having hurt and pain happen in your life and deep sadness. Um, It does make you very much so appreciate the light that you have in your life and the wonderful people and community and relationships or partnerships that you have.
0: Uh, uh, Heartfelt answer for sure. (laughs) Um, the, The beautiful pain in hurt or the beautiful pain and hurt and sadness that that basically is the the crock pot for our growth
1: Yeah,
0: it's it's what's cooking beneath the surface that's hidden kind of like our shadow self that many um psychologists and psychiatrists will talk about um this shadow self is a part of who we truly really are but it's hidden from sometimes not only our friends and family and lovers, but it's hidden from ourselves as well. Um, And I think it's really important to go on that, that self-discovery, but in going on that self-discovery, you have to do it with love because you end up accusing yourself and shaming yourself and guilting yourself. And at the end of the day, you wanna experience guilt, shame, but you don't want to identify yourself as those things you want to um observe those things allow them to pass through so you can grow grow from them and so i i I love um, the answer that you gave because it's so important for people to have that community to retreat back to have that place maybe in your home that you could just go into um that was a part of the reason that I, I don't have, I don't have kids, but I don't ha- I don't have a dog, but I have plants. I, I went and bought out a bunch of plants and I was just like, I want to nurture something. I want to yeah. take care of something. I want to watch something beautiful in front of me, you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of been like a metaphor for my relationships because um, whether it be friends, family, or lovers, but you watch each and every plant differently. Mm-hmm. You nurture each and every plant differently. And so... When I meet people, you you kind of sense like, oh, this is their place in my life right now. This is their place in my life right now. And so like with the messaging back, you know, like I said, I like to lead with understanding because if you don't lead with understanding, then you almost miss the lesson you're, you're, you're supposed to learn.
1: Absolutely.
0: Because um, if you don't know something, I mean, how else can you... Know it if you're leading with fear and um, know it all, you know. So you have to leave that space and create that space to be like, I don't know this, but I could get it from a different place. Mm-hmm. And so, so when you start to meet people that like leave you that space, it's it's like, oh, I do have a community of people that understand that. Hey, um, energy flows. Um, frustration happens. Pain happens. Um, but what also happens after that, it's like the caterpillar coming out of the cocoon. Absolutely. You, know? you have that gorgeous butterfly um, that's been through all that pain and suffering that's beautified it on the other side of that. And mm-hmm. so that's what I always like about um, just I always say sacrificing because I call it sacrificing my current happiness to understand things because I kind of feel like you're either happy now or you're happy later in a situation, no matter what it is. you know. So you're, 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 you get the instant gratification of it now or you kind of suffer and get the understanding of it now to get the long-term gratification of it.
1: Absolutely, life is definitely um, sacrificial. It's a, a, it has a lot to do with give and take in this world. Yeah. And a lot of times we, we feel, and it's, I think it's easier for us to recognize us taking, but you also have to recognize how much you do truly give other people. You do give out mm-hmm. a lot of amazing, not just vibes, but positivity in the world in general, no matter how cynical one might think that they are. You do still give out those positive vibes because clearly you care about something in this world besides yourself at some point in time, whether that was as a child or as you're growing as in adolescence or now as an adult, um, you do have this constant give and take. And um, I know During COVID in particular, a lot of people are self-reflecting because we have this time, like I said, laying in bed, looking at the ceiling, thinking about these things. So as we're thinking about the whole give and take, concept i think it's really important for us to also recognize very much so how much we give out to other people because we're giving time to facetime people we're giving time to go on to these zoom meetings with our co-workers after hours for like you know wine night stuff like that we are giving and of course we're also taking in those times and i think that it's important that we see this amazing exchange of energy and time that we actually have for one another in such crazy pandemic times that we live in um, i think that it's important for us to just not feel like we're, um, I guess, not necessarily good or bad people, but we do oftentimes are pretty hard on ourselves, and we think that, oh, I'm this way because of X, Y, Z, and I I feel like I could be so much better. It's just a, it's a nice, like I said, calming presence that you have to have over yourself to really, truly self-reflect and not be so harsh on yourself, because I, I for one, growing up an intro, I was very hard on myself. I have very high expectations for myself, and my mom definitely helped me through that growing up, but I still have those tendencies to this day. It's so yeah. important for us to give ourselves self-love and give ourselves the time and not feel like we have to be rushed to be the perfect person, we feel rushed to like give more and take less. It's no, it's a, it should be a really good balance of give and take. And that should be a good, very beautiful ebb and flow of an ocean in our lives.
0: You, you make me think of, I mean, our, our, our one of our, final segments but you know, what would you tell your 18 year old self i mean now at 25 you know knowing what you know um what would you tell kennedy at 18
1: i still feel like i have so much more to learn in life i'm <laughs> so young yeah, absolutely so, absolutely uh, but <laughs> Honestly, of what I would tell myself at 18, that was, it feels like so long ago, even though it wasn't, because um, so much happens in our 20s. I would definitely tell myself to just relax in general. I feel like I was very high strung had exceedingly high expectations for myself, which was good. It pushed me to get here where I am in my life right now, living in San Francisco. Um, but in general, I needed to relax. I needed to yeah, trust myself more, I would say, even though I did have a good understanding of myself at that point in time, I still felt like, um, if I just relaxed and trusted myself more, I could have definitely made better decisions more. So if that makes sense, I didn't make the best decisions and I didn't make the worst decisions (laughs) at 18, but I could have definitely had this understanding and would have definitely made better choices between 18 and now, um, but I honestly don't regret anything that I've done because it's all led me here and it's made me learn and grow and bloom into who I am today. And I, I thank myself so much for going through everything that I went through.
0: That's good. No, I, I like that. Um, it's, it's not always that, you know, I feel like some people live and they live by, by things they do regret. And some people live and they can look back and they'd be like, kind of still wouldn't change anything,
1: you know? Absolutely. I I wouldn't want to change anything. I know that there's many times when my friends, even to this day, say, I really wish you hadn't gone through that. And yeah, I mean, it would be nice if I hadn't gone through uh, abusive relationships and stuff in the past, but it all led me to this amazing life that I have out here now in San Francisco, and I really wouldn't change it. It made me grow and realize and learn so much more than what I would have at this point in time if I hadn't gone through it. I'm, I'm so honestly grateful that I went through all that abuse growing up. And it's just, it's, it's been so helpful and so kind of stabilizing to me, honestly. It's made me realize more about people, but also not push away from people either, which I think is a huge strength that I naturally have, is that I'll never stop doing something just because of things that have happened in my life that have been um, traumatic in general. I I still have that open outlook on life and open knowledge of people and I don't distrust them, but I am a little bit cautious now because I am like a naturally free spirit as you can tell in San Diego. (laughs) I just openly trust and love people, which I think is so important nowadays for all of us to kind of have that open-minded concept, but it also is important to like know and feel different people's energies just so that you don't get hurt again in that deep sense that I was hurt before. Um, and so, as long as you have that good, healthy balance, like I said, a good ebb and flow in life, I think that we're all gonna go many places with that.
0: I feel that. I love that. Um, you know, to wrap it up, um, how are you encouraging couples? You know, rather that be dealing with um, couples who may be dealing with some troubles in the medical side, or um, on the on the dance in your dance world. How are you encouraging couples, you know, to stay strong through COVID?
1: I would say I only know a couple of couples right now um, in the Bay Area, but encouraging them to be open with each other. I think open knowledge, open communication, open—yeah, um, I would say open communication. But I, it's it's been really interesting to see people still growing together, even though they're so limited right now. It is a very unique time to live in, I must say. And not being able to go as many places or like see as many things and grow as a couple together, I think mm-hmm. that that's hindered some people and they felt these um, huge hindrances in their life and they, they feel like their life is stopped. Obviously, we all know that feeling now. And yeah. it, it, it's very difficult for us to understand what we can take this time for and what we can do to still grow not just on our own, but together as a couple as well. Um, and I think that the open communication has probably been the biggest thing for me and all my couple friends, as I think that they, they've they been through something so far since COVID has started, but they're actually doing pretty well in my opinion. I think that their open knowledge, open communication, and just kind of like relaxing. Like I said, what I would tell my 18 year old self is to relax and have that confidence in yourself. I think if people, don't have the ego death happen to them. I think that if they just relax and enjoy and have that open-minded, okay, let's see what's going on today. Let's, let's um, not be dependent on what we can do outside. Let's be independent inside and really have this open-minded mm-hmm. concept of what else can happen? What can we do to not even change, but understand and grow together? um regardless of what happens because every day is different it's mind-blowing to me that even in the middle of a pandemic we have something new happening or learning to us every single day Um, it truly is beautiful to still see the the human race growing so much in such times and circumstances
0: has dance gone virtually for um for for a lot of your clients um Mm -hmm. has it have you seen a lot of couples you know dancing at home you know because I, I remember growing up people used to dance just at the house just because that was yeah. just the fun thing to do in addition to going out
1: mm-hmm. absolutely I, was, I have definitely yeah i've definitely been teaching online classes i haven't taught since june when i started my um laboratory job but mm-hmm. up until that point it was um half my classes were online the other half were canceled so um uh, most of us teachers had to go on unemployment for the other half of our classes but it was really beautiful to still see our communities coming together virtually. It was amazing and beautiful. And all of my kids that I was teaching were so happy and they looked forward to it every single day. Um, so that definitely helped the parents I think get through a lot of their struggles that they had on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Um, it definitely relaxes children as well as grows their minds, grows their bodies, helps them with, um, all of their uh, body movements and motions and motor skills. It's really a beautiful thing to uh, see kids grow um, in dance, but it's amazing to see them grow during the pandemic despite yeah. these circumstances. So it's really been beautiful. That's awesome, that's
0: awesome. Final question um, to you, Kim, What makes a house a home?
1: I would definitely say the love that goes into a home is what makes it.
0: I like that. I like that. Um, and just to wrap up, um, are there any events coming up or any um, thing business related or business wise you'd like to share with people, or would you like to at least leave your Instagram handle for those who want to follow you for dance, or if they could communicate with you by email to give you about dance classes or anything like that?
1: Absolutely. Um, My Instagram is private, but you can definitely follow me. I'm at k.g.koel. And then my email um, is probably the best way to get a hold of me. (laughs) It's kennedy, k-e-n-n-a-d-y.koel at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And did you have any final things you'd like to say or share?
1: Um, (laughs) uh, just keep loving yourself, everyone. (laughs) It's like the wild world out there. It's a wild time we live in. Um, we're all getting through it very well, in my opinion. Um, keep wearing your mask, washing your hands, but enjoy the beach days and, uh, keep getting some fresh air here and there. We all very much so need it right now.
0: I like that. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, just, uh, leave a, I'd say like a a final, I guess a, a, a quote. a few quotes, but um, one of my favorite podcasters, uh, Zoe Williams, he said, we're taught to villainize our lessons. And when I heard him say, we're taught to villainize our lessons, um, I thought about how much of the ego death that you had um, continued to mention. Mm -hmm. And as we're villainizing our lessons, that's us protecting the ego. And so I encourage everyone to delve into themselves by taking out that quiet time to get to know yourself a little more and also spending quality time with community of people that you can be vulnerable to. And I think all of these different things will help us lead to developing into a better version of ourselves. Um, I'm I'm huge on self-development and and self-growth. And so I say that to wrap this up and... Let's see here. Okay. So I personally believe our relationships are foundations to our success. And a home with a good foundation provides for a sustainable building. Like our homes need foundation and structure, so do our relationships. May that be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, financially, or physically. I hope you leave with some foundation and or structure to help you move forward. I'm your host, Mr. Hopes, and we are the Inquiring Mind. Thank you, Kennedy. KK. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) This platform is to have an open-hearted and open-minded discussion about real estate, health, history, entertainment, relationships, and the many controversies and solutions around them. I personally believe our relationships are the foundations to our success, and a home with a good foundation provides for sustainable building. This is the Inquirer Mind, and I'm your host, Thomas Hopes.